July 20, 2003. It's a Watt from Pedro show. <laughs>
From Pedro show. Sunny day here in Pedro, north of the equator, east west of the Rockies. Pleasure point. Love Grotto. Or the other way around. Wild Kingdom's rocking. Wild Kingdom. 
Which, by the way, there's a new and improved Wild Kingdom website, right? Yeah, yeah. I, I, uh, I don't know the Earl. <laughs> no? It's, it, there's a link on the bromat.com to it. Um, it's some, like, Johnny Chingus dot tripod. Uh, Convoluted? You, you, yeah, you can you can link up on the bromat.com, though. Okay. And you know so what? So it's an extension of the bromat world. Yeah, in about two weeks, it'll have a little link for some live streaming action, too. Well, the Matt's going to have some streaming here from Love Grotto. So, so you get the live in the flow Spin cyclage action happening. Um, been paddling, they've been having signs in the harbor, too much bacteria, so I've been paddling in the open sea, not too far from the shore, but still a couple hours out there. I've paddled to the uh, automated lighthouse, the Angels Gate, which is a trip from that side. You got a regular route you've been doing now? Or? Yeah, I parallel the beach and then parallel the breakwater. First time I did it, it was pretty heavy. Uh, first time I went all the way to Angel's Gate, it was kind of heavy seas, and I was bobbing 10, 15 feet. Maybe. If I was prone to seasick, I would have been puking my guts out, you know, but luckily I don't have that problem. Yeah, one time me and Kara took uh, Kim and Thurston to Catalina, and Thurston puked his brains out. So did Kira, but well, she had one puke, but she stayed up on the deck where Thurston Man. stayed down. Oh, uh, hey, there's this fouling. Yeah, <laughs> fouled the head, fouled the deck. <laughs> I worked up boats for a while catching puke. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they can get like 700 people, man. If you got half of them puking, it's you get like pretty good catching it too. Well, this was all sky, all water. It was a heavy thing. So in the kayak here, I was bouncing up and down and. But uh, yesterday, very calm. I mean, it's still tough getting out because of the surf, the waves. So, so I got a little bucket in there. I have to bail because uh. it's it's hard. You got to time, you know, time it when the sets come in calm. But still, you know, you're going right into it and it come breaking over the bow. Yeah, and there's little sets happening these days, huh? Yeah. So I haven't figured that out yet. But like I said, I have a little cutout Clorox bottle I use as a bailing scoop. And once I get out past the breakers, I start scooping it out. Mm. And then begin my paddling. I go east along the beach. I mean, 100 yards or something off. I'm not right on the coast. But I'm not way in the ocean, too, in the middle of the sea. And then I parallel the breakwater all the way around to the Angel's Gate in the old automated lighthouse. And then I turn about. And head for the one mile buoy, this uh, red one here. You know. Have you gone west of that yet, to like Royal Palms or anything? No, no. I, I go around there. There's usually a bull seal and like his 20 uh, girls, his harem. <laughs> I don't get too, I don't fuck with them, you yeah, know. I don't get too close. Nice howling They're intense. Yeah. Well, also, there's an, I think it's a mechanical horn or something. Yeah. It goes with the buoys uh, up and down. Man, that buoy was bouncing too, and so it's a oh, horn. Yeah, the so they're on there hearing this. Yeah. And he lets you know if you're coming in too close. He, you know. Starts making his puking sounds. Well, you know, you know, they're kind of like lions where the guy has to keep driving off the young guys who want to take the harem over. Uh-huh. <coughs> so, he, you know, I don't know what they think I am. <laughs> anyway, I paddle around, then I go to Furman. There's usually dudes surfing on the rocks there. 
right below the lighthouse. Uh-huh. And then I parallel along the coast there and come back into Cabrillo. And it's pretty much, uh, it's intense. Once you get out, it's not too bad, you know, if it's not a big bounce choppers, except for the boats with the wakes. Some of these clowns, some guys are cool and they'll slow down when they see you, you know, and and get kind of further apart. Some dudes, yeah, come really close to you jamming and put up these huge-ass wakes, you know, and I don't know if they realize, maybe karma, though, like some big can boat container ship will like put up a huge wake on their ass uh it's it's quite a trip out there and the pelicans are getting more used to me they're flying right by me really low it's really intense yeah they got the glider action down wow amazing really are amazing they're the gulls and stuff comorants they they bob out there like little buoys swimming about one trippy thing is kelp beds, because you can't get your paddle really in deep. So that kind of slows you down. And there's beds of it. Depends on the tides, where how close they are and everything. So I try to moon over around them, because you can't get deep in. I was... <laughs> when that Thursday, when the ocean was a little rougher, and I was up and down, I was paddling back from the lighthouse. And uh, I see this fucking uh, bathing cap and then these arms and it's some old man swimming out in the middle of not he must have swam out from the shore and was coming back or he jumped off a boat or Catalina or something. I couldn't believe it out in the middle of nowhere he's yeah, the polar bear people are hardcore out there yeah well the water's pretty warm now yeah, it's I think that's now. one of the reasons why we got a lot of bacteria in the uh-huh. harbor but I couldn't I mean this guy just came up on me it was like whoa look at this <laughs> And he was an old cat, man, and he was swimming. Yeah, I've been he was going jamming. about this time, like 5.30 in the afternoon, going to take a dip and just floating around. I think it's a little the cooler then. Yeah, I go right. about 8, 8.30. The sign says 9 o'clock, but that's in the harbor. But, you know, for me, the earlier the better, because like with the bike. Mm. And there's just less people. When there's less peop- people, and that's one of the neat things about paddling out there, man. You can get solitude. Total. It's a trip, and you're out there. You know, no one hears you uh, mumbling to yourself. Right? You know, on the bike, if you start talking to yourself, people there's people on the fucking side of the road, and they look at you like you're nuts. You know, but out there, there's no one but the pelicans and the seals. I had an incident with the seal, and when I was in some of the kelp, his cat <laughs> surfaced right in front of me, and like if he had shoulders, you know, he was all the way up. He looked at me. Some big shiny eyes and the whiskers. <laughs> <laughs> but they've never been belligerent on me or anything. It's so. like total sea dogs. Yeah, they are. They're, they're a trip. I like the whole vibe out there. It's uh, quite experienced, the, the kayak thing. Dirk says he's going to get one. Cool. So, and Danny Don Dalton, he's coming to Pedro Tuesday and... He's going to bring his girls, and we're going to paddle it. We oh, don't really have a place to rent them here in Pedro, so we got to go to Long Beach. Utah, man. Yeah, remember? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's Pedro, originally. Uh, yeah. Remember, his mama was the librarian at Pedro High. Oh, yeah. This is Dalton. Yeah, he's cool people. Yeah, Very cool time. people. Yeah. So they're going to come and uh, paddle. Like they got two-man ones, so he's going to take his little daughter with him, and then the other daughter being a one-manner, and I'll take mine. Uh-huh. So, even cool. Tony Platt with you know bad hips, he's gonna try it. 
Dirk says he's going to get one. Uh, it'd be cool to get people in the... Yeah, a little, a little... I chowed with my mom this morning. There was a van outside. There was two kayaks on top of that, so her neighbors must be doing it. So, I don't know. It is a trip. It is a trip about it. Uh, canoe thing, you know, a little too dangerous for ocean. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you, know, you, you float too high up on the water, and you can flip over easy in those guys but the kayak trip there's this other thing where cats have these boards they look like surfboards but they got a chin thing they're paddle boards these guys are out there paddling but that's sunburn rock man lay <laughs> saw a couple of them they have a little thing where their eyeballs look into well right, they, like peek through the board yeah because you can imagine you can imagine them paddle on them on your belly, right? You're laying down. How do you look forward? Mm. Maybe there's a mirror. Maybe they're looking down, you know, starfish and stuff. (laughs) They got like little frisbee hands. Maybe it's a chin thing. No, it's their own hands. It looks like a surfboard almost. Mm. You know, it is a little different. In fact, they're a little narrower and not as shaped. And, you know, pretty long. Big old gun. These guys are on there and it's like a paddle. Yeah. They're not using their legs. It's all arm rock, you know. And then, uh, of course, there's the parasail cats. Oh, those guys are nuts. Kite, kite surfing, they call it, I guess. Yeah, total air. It's kind of the board is like a windsurfer thing, but there's no sail. What they got is a big parachute kind of thing, paraglider kind, uh, not a round one. And it's got handles. Those guys, like These guys are flipping. Words, man. Yeah. yeah, total air. Must be totally strong. I heard the windsurfing, you have to be really strong, too. Yeah, this place yeah. blows. Hurricane Gulf's like one of the best spots here on the point. Yeah, right. And then Huntington, too, there's a lot. Or you get something where it comes around, you don't have a huge waves and stuff. Mm. So you can, but you get good wind. So, uh, but you know what? Kayaking's good enough for me. I like it a lot. Now, with the new seat on the bike, pedaling is a lot more healthy for me. So, coming up, when you're down at the further. Uh, lighthouse out there in the middle, coming back up. The Angels Gate. Tough. Yeah, when you're when you're out past that one, like the Pier 400 spot. Yeah, that's inside you, the harbor. Different than outside. But still got some currents when you're coming back uphill, huh? Uh, yeah, the harbor is more about. Um, there's some currents. There's current right at the Angels Gate for one thing. When you go across it, it's uh-huh. kind of tough because you don't want to hit waves really. From the mm. side, you want to hit them either from behind you or ahead of you, because you can get the flip thing. So when you're going across Angel's Gate, you're dealing with those guys. And then there's the boat wakes, and they're pretty intense because they're contained in the harbor, different than out in the ocean. Yeah, bouncing around. But as far as waves and stuff, like with wind, it's probably smoother in the harbor than out. So you bust out the orange helmet for the kayak. Uh, no, I wear a big brim hat. Oh yeah, yeah. And I wear a life jacket, a yellow life jacket. But the sun, you know, I wear a long sleeve T-shirt. I got gloves on because the paddling. When I do this, man, I don't stop. I'm constantly going. You know, once you get it down, I hardly hit my side, my hands on the side. At first, they used to hit big time, and then the salt get into the wound. But now I got it down. It's almost like boxing, huh? Left, right, left, right. But then, kind of with the infinity sign uh, mm-hmm. figure eight because you got to put the um, one stick paddle right yeah you got to put the paddle 
in the water one side while the other side's coming out. So there's that motion. But the main motion is almost like you're boxing. <laughs> and you just keep it going. And it, it's not getting as tough as it seems. Huh? Getting a little mindless groove and just start Yeah, going. totally. It's also how you steer. And there's current, so you have to compensate. You know, uh, there's a current pulling you out. You can, but it hasn't been too intense to me where I had to like fight. I think uh, you could get in trouble if you went too far out and uh, got tired. Mm. You know, but I'm never that far from the shore, so I like going in the harbor a lot. But I don't want to go in there with bacteria. I can't get sick. Yeah, I'm in good health now, which is a good thing. Good thing for me. Good thing for all of us. So you don't see any channel crossings in the near future? Little island trip? <laughs> Catalina. I don't know. That must be balls out. Carry a radio. Imagine. You know, ask him for help. Anyway. So some summer fun with what? Uh, August 8th, I'm going to go to Long Island actually on the 5th so I could practice a couple days do that Stooges gig and I hear they rent kayaks on Manhattan at Pier 40 Pier 63 so I'm going to try and paddle into Hudson you probably got some bacteria yeah <laughs> well, they get their water from Hudson I think the East River is more filthy I know the East River is harder to paddle because bigger currents but uh, Hudson's a biggie but yeah maybe it's got foulness That'd be cool to have a little paddling tours, checking out different places. Paddle around Manhattan. That would be a trip. I've taken the circle cruise. Uh-huh. I've got like a cruise that goes around Manhattan, the whole thing. I did it once on New Year's Day. It was trippy. It wasn't snowing or anything. Kind of cold with the wind. I did it with Juan Rosenfelder. So we'll see what's up. I'm, they want me to stay with them for the Detroit gig so I'm going to be gone 10 days in August in New York City and it's it's stinky sweaty town I'll tell you whoa but it's it's intense exciting there's people there I know things to see and do I haven't really spent time in the town there for a while so we'll see how that develops cool conditions to be there yeah well, the gigs, yeah, but it's not the best time of the year, man. It's a torture. Humid, hot, all cement. Intense, all the sewers backing up. It's, it's Summertime in New York City is not <laughs> the most happening. But I'll make the best of it. There's a lot of nice people there. A lot of friends. Um, about three weeks ago, I did... Cobra Verde came to town and I played uh, came on stage and did an encore with them and stuff Then after, uh, w- but right before the gig I did an interview with their singer John Pekovich June 20 no June 30th 2003 and uh, I'd like to play that for you now so um, what for Pedro show here's John Pekovich Cleveland's Cobra Verde 
What's the name of this tour? Do you name your tours? Um, we, we, well, this tour, we were thinking to call it, well, we, we, we did call it Liberate Us From This Dictatorship of Bad Taste Tour. <laughs> because it's like, you think about it is, you know, people talk about dictatorships, but they never really, they, they never really grasp kind of how, how deep the, liber- the, the dictatorship of bad taste really can, how, how totalitarian of a state that really is. Because people seem to believe that, you know, that politically they, you know, they, they have, they are free, they have, culturally they are free, spiritually they're free, but it, when bad taste reigns, it negates all of those kind of like those illusions that people have. I, I don't know. I always like I like records that I always like songs that have a U and a B in there, so that there's a personal dynamic. Like you know, like John Dunn poems, those John Dunn poems, where there's this kind of like proximity between two people. And I just think I never I've always found that I've never understood when people are either when they talk about like I was talking to someone about this and, and they were telling me, oh, you know, I always write confessional songs just about me. I was like, well, how can any song be just about you? Because to say that a song is just about you assumes that the world does not intrude upon your life. You know what I mean? And I mean, unless, you know, it's not, and not just in a way that, like, you start thinking about it. your personal engagement with society, even the way you deal with human beings, other human beings. Like, I think, like, a lot of times I was thinking is, like, uh, people talk about, like, postmodern, like, the, the postmodern theory and all this stuff. And I was like, well, how is a theory if, like, if everything that a politician will say is already based on, a focus group that already determines what they want people to, to for, for that person to say. They don't say that. Or even in, in music, how you see how like so much of it is this quote, I, mean, I don't even know if there is focus groups in music. But you see there's a oh, already there is that calculation in the individual. Oh, this is what people want to hear. This is what they will respond to. You know? Isn't that the idea of the producer? Oh yeah, yeah. You're talking yeah, at the record yeah. star? Yeah, definitely. And if he knows the zeitgeist. Yeah, exactly. It's kind of target market. Yeah. And I just and that's why I, 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 I never understood where, you know, like I always like songs that are very personal, very have a very personal dynamic and stuff, but yet, you know, kind of the, 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 the weight of the world is at all, it's all at all times, you know. I mean, at this point in time, I mean, I don't know, I just, well, maybe that's why people are saying, oh, the song's just about me, because they're afraid yeah. to get called on that. Yeah. But the weight is on, yeah, sure. they want to shirk. Sure. But I think, don't you think it's a lot of it is also this victim culture, kind of confessional victim culture thing that we live in, where it's almost seems like if you, if you can make yourself into some sort of victim or martyr or something like that, somehow, like, you know, like, it's like, it, it, you know, to be, to play the victim and to play the victim, you know, this victim culture, you're kind of buying into this whole thing in America, that this identity politics that, like, oh, I identify with, like, I, uh, for instance, oh, our way of life, yeah, a way of life, and I was talking like, I've always thought, like, you know, I always thought music is, has to come from the supreme human being, you know, which is not, not identified as being, you know, as being gay or according to some political orientation. It is, there is a kind of supreme human being there that is, that is engaging with the world in some way. You know? that could be, I mean, I think you could have, like, I think, like, poetic, like, love songs and like, Cohen songs always to be struck as being songs that were of this world as much as they were of, of, of his soul, you know? Yeah, he's trying to convince you he's alive. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Exactly. You know, more than, like, oh, well, I belong in that chain store, yeah. 
But that's what I don't know. See, see I always, I always thought that rock music, really, or, or all in just general American culture, I thought that the worst thing that would happen was when there was a thing called gay culture that was invented. Because I thought that when gay culture worked insidiously through the mainstream, I thought it, it made for so many like interesting sort of like, like personas, for so many different interesting approaches to music. Something like there was a real insidious quality to the whole thing. You know, that's always I just think about. It. I worry about little bit, sure. but yeah, exactly. And you think about it. And you think about some, I think sometimes like you know maybe when, when people talk about not wanting to be part of the mainstream, it's almost like the mainstream gives us these little like petty little avenues to communicate almost so we don't we can't topple it to really bring about regime change. You know what I mean? And I think that I, 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 think it's like, I think at some point like in you know when punk rock, yeah, I, I I don't know. I wasn't around when it started. I just was you know like that, that, that was before my time. But that's what was interesting about punk rock was that it was a really a rebellion. Against the mainstream view of the world. And I think at, at where the point where indie rock was created, there was already a, an industry, its own little industry, its own little way, yeah, do this, do this, do this, do this, and there's still enough records that you can, like, you know, you can live off of it for two years, and then you'll grovel in years four, five, or six. You know what I mean? Sometimes I wonder, I wish there would be, like, a martial law declared, and, and, and shit would be just, like, like, this stuff cannot operate, this stuff cannot function. Almost like, I'm mean, not sound like some sort of, like, like a guy with a, with a, with a, with a a fascist view of the world, but I almost think it's like if you could almost erase all of this, this kind of like um, any little, it's not even a subversive culture, but this culture where people feel like they're like they're getting to express themselves, and almost like put it in a box and the whole fucking thing blows up. Because, you know, when you think about it, on one hand, okay, you have your little world that like, clearly the Minutemen was part of, was, was a, a pre-Indian pre world world, where you just do your, you have to create your own scene. Every city, every night you go somewhere, you have to create your own scene, you know? And then they think of how it became codified and stuff. And now it's like, I don't think that, I don't, it's, it's kind of bugs me out. I don't sense that people have a certain kind of honest. Not even just like you got to be political about everything. I don't think that people see the, the, the depth of how, how the world is. It just intrudes on them every fucking day. Right. And it's like, and I'm saying like, sort of like genetic. Because we are in, in a world of little, small, little, like-minded little groups. We're all like, we're all like small little groups. And we all are ultimately targeted and sold to and marketed and stuff. Like, so that's what I think it's like, like, I, like I'm not, I don't like being self-referential, but like we had this this, this guy was like we had to, I had to do an interview with this guy was like, oh you have this song called Spotify Frankenstein. Is this kind of like this kind of like a glam thing or something like that? I'm like, I go, you really don't get it if you really think that that you are not made up, no matter what clothes you're wearing or how you what your worldview is, and you really don't get it. You know, I think that these people like I think like I think I think we do live in this kind of like it is a world where like I don't think anyone like the shit that you from what you eat to to, 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 the, to the things you. you you absorb culturally to like so the way you respond to other people it is all like there is a, it's kind of a lot of this is stage managed and it's like and the cult of authenticity I've never I've, I thought it was like the biggest lie that's ever been promulgated by you know that, that you know that there is a, the authentic core the earnest core the real deal I was like what is the fuck is the real deal I thought it was so funny when like people say you should you know about keep, keep it real I mean, what does that mean <laughs> no, but I was, I was thinking it's like like they say, you think about like what you're saying. It's like I mean, I think it's like, I don't understand what, but that's why I think that, that the idea that cultural authenticity that exists that seems that is more than anything else. It's like that is the way to sell to people, to make them believe that they are feeling the real thing, that they are involved in something that's real. It's like I think it's like if people just admitted that what they were doing, that, that half their margins, that half their the things they read and think are fraudulent, I think they'd be much better off at somehow. I was always on the side of artifice over and not authenticity. I just, like, I just cannot believe, like, you know, we are all these kind of constructed.
creatures. I mean, it was like, I just can't, I don't understand. I mean, I like, what, I mean, like, I, like, I, yeah, when I grew up, I was getting into music, I'd go back to Yugoslavia and stuff like that. And over there, man, in the middle of, like, you know, the communist or, like, propaganda that you get there, the people, at least they didn't believe it. Here, the people fucking believe it. You know, and that's the difference. It's like, there's no skeptics. There, there's, like, there's, they're not skeptical anything. I mean, I read, read this stuff in the, today in the Los Angeles Times and yesterday in the San Francisco Chronicle. And I just could not believe what I was reading because these guys are quoting, you know, straight, you know, straight ahead, they're quoting, you know, military figures you know, over in Iraq about, you know, you know of course, we're liberating them, we are doing this, we're liberating And we, we, it's like, a society that believes in liberation and freedom, it's like, it's like, it, it, a society that always has to constantly talk about those things cannot be free. I mean, de facto, it cannot be free. You know, because it has to always remind you that you're, oh, you're liberated. Don't worry, you're liberated, you know. And that's why you get these, that's why, like, I think in America, it's like such an earnest society. Everyone's so earnest. Oh, we believe in freedom. We believe in democracy. We believe in and people buy it because they are trained just to think the authentic, the real, the earnest, the, the genuine. It's like if you almost taught people to think, like, you know what, there is no such thing as the authentic. What you have, everything you, you read, you, you must look at as being an artifice, some sort of... John Fogarty was not born on the body. Oh, yeah, of course. Yeah, of course. But as an art transcend. Oh, yeah, of course. Yeah, and that was, and that was the, the, the invocation of myth, which is like, there's a difference between the invocation of myth and, and, and the, the, you know, this is kind of the store part bought garbage that, you, that you're getting, you know. So you get, we get, like, we get in process food fed down our throats, you know. But I think it's funny, even in Joe Millionaire, that TV show, at the end of Joe Millionaire, he had to fall in love with her. Like, there would have been, after, because all along, it's like, oh, this is terrible, the American people are, you know, they're watching it, but they're also outraged as to what it says about us. That, oh, that money is rules, everything, that a millionaire can all do, I was like, but in the end, see, no, but you can see, you can have love your money, and you can want a millionaire, but in the end, you can still find love in America. It would have been better if the guy would have, like, come out of the closet at the end and said he was a homosexual. They don't want any of the women. You know what I mean? I would have found that entertaining in a way that, like, there would have been a perverse entertainment to the whole thing. I go, wow, you know, I think that at least somehow he's, like, rejected everything because, of, you know, because he's born homosexual. He can't, you know, he can't help it, you know? But no, they, they have to fall in love, you know, they have to be. And that's kind of this, it just seems like the storyboard of everything, you know? <laughs> But it's no coincidence that it was not an American, but a Russian who said, and that's Vladimir Nabokov, who said, reality should never appear unless in quotation marks. The word reality should only appear with quotation marks on it. And that was, it's no, 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 it's no, no, not, um, not surprising that it was a Russian who talked about it, because they, they, I mean, it's a different worldview. I think they don't believe it. They believe in fucking reality. They believe in, like, in what's real. They believe in, like, ideals and stuff like that. And, like, and that's, like, the worst part of it. Like, if you start believing in things like that, that's how you just like you you got them already. You can yeah, this right. Of propaganda and stuff like that. I mean, I started thinking about this. Is like I see in Iraq and I see what's happening over there. So I think like and I think that unfortunately people have not have yet to like see Yugoslavia and Iraq as being kind of one and the same. Like America going to war to, to marginalize Europe. Advantage you know, was one of the you know, ideas. Look at Metal and Albright created all the architecture that Rumsfeld is now using, establishing military bases in all southeastern Europe. Like, this was before. Rumsfeld talking about anything about ditching Germany or France. They already have the military bases as a result of American foreign policy in Yugoslavia. But I'm saying is, at some point you think about these empires, maybe it's not even, I don't think it's popular uprising.
rising. Maybe it comes down to the fact that, like, it, they, the arrogance of these people that have been running this country, is you cannot control that arrogance. You cannot control the arrogance of a Joe Biden or a Lieberman or a Bush or a Cheney or a Rumsfeld. These guys are just, it's, it's out of control. McCain, all these guys, you know, except maybe Paul Wellstone and maybe, like, my congressman, Dennis Kucinich, you know? I'm, you know, I'm, like, really glad, like, at least that he's my congressman, but these guys, they will be the, they will sow the, their own defeat because they're so arrogant. They go all over the world and finally... Who will defeat them? Will there be folks living in this land? Oh, I don't, I don't know. Or will they be the cash in the only, only, like, only when, when Americans come from in body bags and suddenly people here maybe start waking up and, because and, and, I don't think they give two fucks about the MIAs or the Vietnamese MIAs. I don't think they care about the Vietnamese that were killed. I don't think they care about if, if you know, if, if, you know, 30 goops or 30 ragheads get killed. I don't think they care what what happened to the day, like three Americans, you know, families on TV and stuff like that. If that happens every day, I think that that's the only thing that can turn things around.
highway from the past to the future. The car in lane A may crash while the car in lane B travels on. on the Rancho Cucamonga. Watt from Pedro Show. That's Thick from Amarillo, Texas. The song called Why Long Distance Relationships Suck. From their new record. Uh, we got to play with them at the beginning of last tour, me and the second man, and then on the way home, uh, near the last couple gigs in between Oklahoma City and uh, Albuquerque, we stayed with them. We had a day off, which was a trip. And they had a cookout for us. It was neat. And good cats. A guy named Skits is the leader of that band. And good people. Who, who else? Uh, Duke 
I had the wheel man and Mick Feely on shotgun. Skits is the bag man. It says here. Try found that. Before uh, thick, we had the future is a complete ripoff by Acid Reflex. Heather on the viola. Uh, who's with Listenship? I'm next week going to record eight songs with them. Echo Park Band. And we started off the set with an interview with uh, Mr. John Petkovich from Cleveland's Cobra Verde outside of Spaceland, June 30, 2003, before they went on. Uh, John gets a lot of words in, a lot of ideas. That's cool. He's got some stuff to say, too. Yeah. you got to point that towards your brother, Matt. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> He's got something to say. Yeah, yeah, he's not just like, uh, not just talking. Not he's heating up the air molecules. Yeah. We got a visitor, Mr. Vinny Vegas stopped by. Hey. Yeah. What's happened? Telling us about his discovery of Mexican food after moving to Pedro from the hill. Yes. I uh, prefer the taco truck on 17th Street, Arturo's. Yeah, you guys were talking. Yeah, yeah, ran, ran into Vinny one night down there eating late night tacos. Yeah, it's doing the quesadilla con carne. Yeah, you're more carne asada. You like al pastor. Generally, but down there I'd go for the carne asada off that truck. Okay. Yeah. For me, that truck has the best pastor, but in a a, a quesadilla, you got to have it um, asada. It's less greasy. Yeah. Yeah. 11th Street truck, uh, Jalisco's, Tacos Jalisco's, that one's the better asada. But that's me. I'm... uh, I'm writing for this local little magazine that Tony puts out, Peanut Butter Journal, um, a map and a review of the five taco trucks, three on Gaffney, two on Pacific. Oh, what happened? Which I'm, Tony? Tony, uh, 4th Street. Fort Street. Oh, yeah. Uh, uh, Killer Dreamer, that's the new band. Yeah. Cool, g- so, g- give me a burrito report, too. Yeah, I will have to. I don't you know about Brother Matt and Burrito Day? He got recognized by the mayor. Yeah, Mayor Tom Bradley. Really? Yeah, this year is going to be the 20th anniversary of Burrito Day in L.A. Uh, salute to our city's Hispanic heritage. Yeah, so you're not pulling my legs? <laughs> no, I got no. The, the documents hanging down there in the wall. Back okay. when I was do, the news director at KXLU. That's too did much. Bonefish Week story in Florida. It was Bonefish Week in Florida. This is years ago. What the heck is that? You know, they close the bank. You get a day off of school for Bonefish Week. <laughs> um, you know, if they can do that, then we should have Burrito Day in L.A. Good and point, Brother Matt. People started calling up and and, uh, and saying, you ever eat here, you ever eat there, try this place. And then the places started calling up and saying, we just sent our delivery boy up with the goods. So I had a little light bulb go off and saw, saw visions of burritos dancing in my head. And it turned into a party, and uh, Tom Bradley used to have lake parties. He threw some oh, good yeah. ones. I had um, some good uh, yeah. donations and whatnot. Yeah, I saw him introduce what before down at the beach. That's right, the beach scene. <laughs> he came in on a boat. <laughs> yeah, it was a trip. We were going on first since we were Pedro Band. And here he here comes this little boat across the channel, and on the bow was Mayor Tom Bradley. And, I mean, he's a big man. Clothes. He must be six five, yeah, six he's six. A big dude. big he man. He's right on the bow yeah. of the boat. He comes up, you know, the boat comes in, and he steps right off the boat, off the boat onto the 
dock there and I'm standing there, you know, kind of incredulous. I can't believe this. And he reaches his hand out to me to shake my hand. I go, ha. Huh. I mean, my hand maybe grabbed like the ends of the pinky and the ring finger. Yeah, you gave his, him one his, of his hand, no, his hand was like an oar. It was like this big. And he goes, he goes, I hear Pedro is happening. And I, yeah. I welcome, Mr. Mayor. And we go up there and play right then. It was a trip. It was a trip. Yeah, it was a that was, Gorilla Beach never rocked so much before there was. So we only many, had one of them. So many people. Yeah, there was too many. Because we had this nightmare with the street scenes downtown, so they tried something down here. And some people would say that was a nightmare was that in too, but it was kind of fun. There was a lot of cars and yeah, traffic. Yeah, parking at Harvard College and maybe '86 or '87. '86. Yeah, so that's definitely Firos, right? Oh yeah, it was Firos. The the Minutemen was doing the uh, street scenes. Which was right downtown. Those were happening too. Yeah, no, but those turned into melees, yeah. cops on the yeah. horses, and that's not the one like the Silver Lake one, is it? What did it call? No, that? no, that's Sunset Junction. This thing was downtown, downtown, right there, you know, where the city hall is and all this big stages and a lot of stages. Yeah, that was great. a lot of different kinds of music, cool music, all kinds. Yeah, but like people blew it. Can't get together, <laughs> you know. They had to start fighting and. Uh, Police overreact, marching with the horses. It was a bad scene. Yeah. So, so, so that sunset so was coming up soon, huh? Like a month or so? Silver Lake? Yeah. But that's changed now. There's a lot of out-of-town bands. Uh. So what can you do? Um, I was talking about El Taco. You're not down with that. El Taco's cool. It's, it's got a stupid name. Good beans. It's, um, got killer beans. I love the carnitas tacos. It's there. real Caucasian Mexican food. Really? Uh, it doesn't have that Mexican flavor. Like, if you want to do a restaurant with a good Mex... I mean, Las Brisas. Century level. Las I don't Brises know, man. There are Latin people working there. Uh, oh, yeah. Big time. Like, yeah, it's, it's, all it's not Taco Bell. No. They're, no hamburger like meat, no Velveeta. The tacos are pretty good. No, they're not corporate. The quesadillas, you know, they're fair, they're fair to middling. A little red sauce and green sauce on it. But, yeah, they're good for late night runs. I left there one night... I drunk from the bar, accidentally. Yeah, totally. <laughs> and we got the food, and I right after I got the food, before I even ate it, like I puked, like blah, like out in front of the window where you trade for your money. Yeah. <laughs> I drove like down the street. And my girlfriend at the time was just yelling at me for you know being a, a basketball. Borracho. <laughs> yeah. Borracho. Get up to her house on Nineteenth Street in Mesa. She gets out, she takes a chow, I puke again, blah, and then she like yells at me some more, and I go down the street to the right, and I wake up at like 9 o'clock in the morning, windows rolled up, dry, you know, alcohol. (laughs) Chucky. Total. Oh, it was terrible. So that's my big L, that's my big L taco story. Okay, Watford Pedro Show, here's some Patsy Klein. Oh, 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 oh,
from Pedro show uh, that was the homosexuals yeah. with uh, divorce proceedings from reality uh, before that some live big boys old Austin band I heard some stuff's going to get re, uh, re-released by them they were a great band Tim uh, that was yeah Tim Kerr Biscuit I think Washam was on the drums in those days no maybe or maybe he was with Butthole Surfers. Like, uh, Alzheimer is <coughs> claiming is another victory. Right yeah. Mm-hmm. Anyway, that was Psycho live from the split album they did with the Dicks, live at Raul's from about you know, what, 24 years ago or so. And we started the set with Strange by Patsy Cline. Coming at the end here, the first hour of the Watt from Pedro show. Uh, stay tight, please. For hour two. Uh, July 20, 2003. It's the second hour of the Watt from Pedro show. Where he can 
from Pete Rochelle. Um, as who's could do with uh, Dead Set on Destruction from their first uh, major label thing, Candy Apple Gray. Before that was Isn't Ot, The Western World, Scritty Politti, and their first single. And we started off with the serial song by The Bicycle Thief, which was Bob Forrest's band after Thelonious Monster. Funny uh, story about Bob. Uh, he's telling me last week he's uh, much healthier now and works as a rehab counselor and helped this lady, young lady out with that struggle. And uh, he gets this check from uh, her relative, great aunt or something, grandma can't remember which, but anyway, it's a check for two and a half million dollars. So, of course, her uh, lawyers and all this are trying to claim she's crazy and I don't know, conservatorship hearings and all this, but pretty strange story. Bob says he'll, if he does end up getting the money, he'll start a rehab place with it. So, uh, strange world. Hopefully he gets it. Yeah. Even uh, better, though, right now, I'm proud to say it's another segment of Brother Matt's Spin Cycle. Cool. Thank you. North American consumes five times more than a Mexican, ten times more than a Chinese person, and thirty times more than a person from India. We are the most voracious consumers in the world, a world that could die because of the way we North Americans live. Give it a rest. November 23 is Why Nothing Day. Will we use some common beats? Common beats is something that anybody can follow. You don't have to get fancy with them like this. Attention everyone, this is an emergency broadcast. The unpleasant noise you are about to hear coming from your radio is not a mistake. Stay, 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 stay. Please do not turn off your radio, but turn up the volume on your receiver as high as it can go. I want to see your hands over your head. Here we go.
large are non-white, non-Western, third world. Poverty and powerlessness are intertwined in color, in race. Discrimination and exploitation feed into each other today under global capitalism.
to the new day, rhyme to the new day, transform hell and heaven, God lives through, grab hold of today, yesterday is over, tomorrow may be too late, everything is wrong, but the one is unbalanced, music made for the dollar like soul and talent, really ain't it all about a feeling you was having as a child, running wild before the mind broke, set in threatening, get in this energy, the next man wrecking, the heads then brethren, Mr. President, what do you know? It's evidence setting it slow. How does it go? An unprecedented event is about to unfold. The devil can't start, won't start blocking the door. Falling the sound here, freedom come knock at the door. They try locking it though, but we about to explode. We got the firefly tiger, our apocalypse flow. So deep in the bottom of your bottomless soul. Send mind guards flying out without a pistol. Redesign lost minds, got out of the cold. Great order to a world that is out of control. Truth you say, I say, how do I know? We can't stop when the beat just drops. With the new world guns on the new world tanks New world devils and new world gods New world jams, see the new world's hard New world names sing new world songs New world planes are the new world laws New world's flying, the new world's dying The new world's crying, the new world's trying New world sons and new world daughters They're already selling us new world water New world beats for the new world to bang New world streets for the new world to hang New world president, new world drugs New world resident, new world thugs New world players for new world sports New world for new world courts, new world warriors and new world laws, new world prisons and new world bars, new world fight, the new world fist, new world lighting up the new world split, new world smoke and the new world burn, new world smoke and the new world stand. We can't stop till when the beat just drops. We can't stop when the rebel rock. We can't stop until we hit those heights. We can't stop because we love this life.
brother Matt here's the boats from Florida
from Pedro show there's some Eric Dolphy incredible incredible musician dedicated like John Coltrane way into pracking in fact they played together for a little bit and would do these pracks like 15 16 hours wow yeah these guys you know the gig would be over everybody else chasing the drogas and the women these guys go up and prack. They were so into it. Yeah, Their minds. Yeah, it was sad how he died. Heck, Mingus, he played with Mingus right before he did that Europe tour where he died. And Mingus was convinced it was some weird thing because when they toured in Europe just before that, they were getting some... There was a couple idiots, Nazi, racist kind of things. So Mingus was convinced it was some weirdness, but... Apparently, uh, Eric Dolphy didn't know he was a diabetic, you know, and went into a coma. So sad. He had that trippy lump on his head, like got bigger and bigger as it went on and on. But an L.A. cat who was smoking. I mean, right there, we just heard him do uh, the meeting, which is more straight ahead, but he did some whack stuff. Uh, before Eric Dolphy, I make love to every woman on the freeway. Every Woman. That's new from the urinals. They got an album coming out. Uh, we Listen for Knox by The Boats. A band that opened for the, me and the Second Man in uh, Tampa, Florida last tour. And of course, Brother Matt's Spin Cycle. Um, finishing up here on Hour 2, July 20, 2003, Watt from Pedro Show. Brother Vinny. You gotta do the adios, piojos. Gotta do my thing. Sounds good to see you. Make like buffalo chips and hit the trail. (laughs) Next next week, I'm gonna bring some. uh, Is that your uh, leash? The leash is definitely going off. Um, You're gonna make like a shepherd and get the flock out of here. And next week, I'm gonna try to bring some homegrown music over here for you. Okay, Pedro music. Yeah, exactly. Okay, sit tight. July 20, 2003. It's the third hour of the Watt from Pedro show. Here's part 28 of the fourth tower of Inverness. It's like a city out of my childhood dreams. There's a feeling about this place that reminds me of that lotus land. It's as though there's no one living in this city. 
so different than the Lotus City, but the feeling, the atmosphere of this city is similar. It's as though the streets were filled with people, but I exist on a level where I'm unable to see or hear them. Jack continues to roam the city, through the empty marketplace, across the silent squares, into the tiny parks. There's no one to be seen. Finally, he leaves. Crossing the city, he leaves through the back gates and continues down the road. Near the stream, alongside the road, is a house, a very small building. But as Jack nears, he hears the sound of someone humming softly to themselves. What? Good grief, I, I think there's someone here. The door is open. Jack enters. Seated at a table is a young boy. Upon the table in front of him are sheets of paper. The boy holds a pen, writing in a language Jack has never seen before. The boy looks up for just a moment, looking Jack full in the eyes. Then he returns to his slow, meticulous writing. Excuse me. This realm is foreign to me. Can you tell me where I am? Well, can you tell me where all the people have gone? Well... Where does this road lead? Look, can, can you hear me? Can you speak? The boy looks up and he smiles. With half-closed eyes, he smiles a small, gentle smile. And from across that short distance, Jack is struck with a warmth, an energy that radiates from that smile and showers Jack as though a golden sun has just flashed its rays deep into his soul. And then the boy speaks. I don't know how to read or write. I'm writing my history. But how can you write if you don't know how to write or read? He's writing his history, and he can't read or write. This boy is quite mad. And so Jack takes his leave, returning to the silent city. Just my luck. One person in this whole weird place and he's off his nut. The only thing I can think of now is to, to search out these buildings and see if there's a jukebox somewhere. That's the key. All that day and into the evening, he explores the houses, mangers, temples, and is awed by the imaginative designs and intricate craftsmanship. But no jukebox. And as the sky turns rose and then dark lavender and the shadows creep long across the city, Jack returns back to that small building outside the walls of that eerie city. And he is there, sitting there, watching the mad boy silently writing his history, while the wind chimes softly move in the evening breeze. A peacefulness comes upon him the sort of peacefulness that happens so rarely in one's lifetime. A deep love fills his heart. He watches the eyes of that mad boy, and for the first time in his life he understands the word compassion, love without attachment, not asking for anything in return, simply giving out of pure love. 
Jack feels that he could sit there forever in that silence. A silence so thick it seems as though it could be sliced open with a sword. And once opened, the inside would reveal all the hidden secrets of the universe.
Watt from Pedro Show. That's Listenship with the title uh, track from their Dance Class Revolution record. This is a band I'm recording with next week, eight songs. They're, um, yeah, they had a bad problem with one of the members, so I thought I'd help out. And um, it's trippy stuff. A lot more sparse than uh, what they got right there. Before that, uh, I don't know what the title is because it wasn't marked on the CD, but it Memphis band called Canine Arts that had Craig Schindler on bass and uh, trippy stuff. God, who's on the guitar? Uh, Ward Dodson, the guy who was in Gun Club. Mm. Another cat on drums. They're a great band. I played with them once, I think, with uh, a pair of pliers. Uh, before that, live uh, second man with Paul Rossler on the organ and singing. Uh, he did the last two weeks of last tour uh, after Pete did the first six weeks. And that's a pop group song called Genius or Lunatic. It was live in uh, Gabe's Oasis, Iowa City. <laughs> a couple months ago before that a band called Son of Hand Puppet with the tune West, Ger- West Georgia Monkey and we started off with part 28 of the fourth tower of Inverness uh, here's Frank Black doing some James Brown Watt from Pedro show <laughs> Oh, 
Watt from Pedro Show. There's some Sly and the Family Stone with Poet. Before that, we had Goddamn Job by the Peasants. Brother Matt liked that one. Yeah, they rock. <laughs> That's a Boston band. In fact, I stayed with him. What was his name? He's cool people. Uh, yeah. God, I wish I could remember his name. Yeah. It doesn't say here on the uh, sleeve. Chris, Eric, Bill, Tim. <laughs> the peasants. <laughs> I don't know. Peasant dude. He's very cool people. Peasant dude rocks. Yeah. Before that, we had I Make the Product by the Desperate Bicycles. And we started off with Mother Popcorn from Frank Black in the G. Winding down here on Sunday. Getting a little dusk here in Pedro. It's been a uh, bitchin' weekend. Yeah. Coming up uh, in a few weeks, Brain Surgeons are on tour, which is Albert Bouchard and his wife Debbie. So here's something from uh, their first album. Watt for Pedro show.
What? From Pedro's show? Whoa, I'm echoing. <laughs> the delay. Going through all the equipment. That was Pond Man. With all things wish to fly. Before that, Kitty Little. From Albany, New York. Cute name. Upstate. Young band. Teenagers. <laughs> Love is gone. Before that, Jen's song from Austinitic. <laughs> Maybe they're from Austin. I don't know. You know, a lot of these things cats give me on tour, and I just think it's interesting that folks get to hear it. Cool to share. Roll the dice. Maybe some spice. <laughs> Maybe some lice. Oh, that's not nice. <laughs> we start off with Brain from Terra Incognita, Brain Surgeons. Albert Bouchard was the drummer for Blue Oyster Cult. So if he's coming around your town... Go pay him a visit and check out what he's got going. Trippy band. Okay, here's something from uh, early 80s from Germany. Uh, Der Plan on the Watt from Pedro show.
Bot from Pedro Show. Faint traces. Luckiest <laughs> man. That was Rod Lean with In Motion. Funny how I got that CD. Um, before that was Der Plan with uh, Rot Grun Tot, which means Red Green Death. He has them uh, drawn to them crossing the street against the light, so maybe there's a lesson there to be learned. <laughs> Brother Matt, thank you very much for vital assistance. Cool, We're at the end you. of another Watt from Pedro show, the July 20, 2003 version. Coming to you from the Love Grotto, Pleasure Point, here in Pedro. Um, coming up next week, another show. Uh, I have to leave for 10 days starting August 5th, but we can get a couple of shows in before then. Cool. And um, everybody, uh, try to make it a nicer place. A lot of anger, a lot of insecurity, you know, all that kind of stuff. Just uh, keep the bitterness from overwhelming it all. And more importantly, Keep your powder dry. <laughs>